chapter twenty third of the heart of midlothian by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah lord who would live turmoiled in a court and may enjoy such quiet walks as these shakespeare within a reasonable time after butler was safely and comfortably settled in his living and jeanie had taken up her abode at Achengower with her father the precise extent of which interval we request each reader to settle according to his own sense of what is decent and proper upon the occasion and after due proclamation of bonds and all other formalities the long wooing of this worthy pair was ended by their union in the holy bands of matrimony on this occasion david deans stoutly withstood the iniquities of pipes fiddles and promiscuous dancing to the great wrath of the captain of knockdunder who said if he had guessed it was to be sick a tamned quaker's meeting he would have seen them payant the cairn before he would have darkened their doors and so much rancor remained on the spirits of the gracious duncan upon this occasion that various pickwearings as david called them took place upon the same and similar topics and it was only in consequence of an accidental visit of the duke to his lodge at rosineth that they were put a stop to but upon that occasion his grace showed such particular respect to mr and mrs butler and such favour even to old david that knockdunder held it prudent to change his course towards the latter he in future used to express himself among friends concerning the minister and his wife as very worthy decent folk just a little over strict in their notions put it was passed for the plaque cattle to err on the safe side and respecting david he allowed that he was an excellent judge of nought and sheep and a sensible enough carl and it werena for his tamed cameronian nonsense whilk it is not worth while of a gentleman to knock out of an old silly head either by force of reason or otherwise so that by avoiding topics of dispute the personages of our tale lived in great good habits with the gracious duncan only that he still grieved david's soul and set a perilous example to the congregation by sometimes bringing his pipe to the church during a cold winter day and almost always sleeping during sermon in the summer-time mrs butler whom we must no longer if we can help it term by the familiar name of jeanie brought into the married state the same firm mind and affectionate disposition the same natural and homely good sense and spirit of useful exertion in a word all the domestic good qualities of which she had given proof during her maiden life she did not indeed rival butler in learning but then no woman more devoutly venerated 
the extent of her husband's erudition she did not pretend to understand his expositions of divinity but no minister of the presbytery had his humble dinner so well arranged his clothes and linen in equal good order his fireside so neatly swept his parlour so clean and his books so well dusted if he talked to jeanie of what she did not understand and for the man was mortal and had been a schoolmaster he sometimes did harangue more scholarly and wisely than was necessary she listened in placid silence and whenever the point referred to common life and was such as came under the grasp of a strong natural understanding her views were more forcible and her observations more acute than his own in acquired politeness of manners when it happened that she mingled a little in society mrs butler was of course judged deficient but then she had that obvious wish to oblige and that real and natural good breeding depending on good sense and good humour which joined to a considerable degree of archness and liveliness of manner rendered her behaviour acceptable to all with whom she was called upon to associate notwithstanding her strict attention to all domestic affairs she always appeared the clean well-dressed mistress of the house never the sordid household drudge when complimented on this occasion by duncan knock who swore that he thought the fairies must help her since her house was always clean and nobody ever saw anybody sweeping it she modestly replied that much might be done by timing one's turns duncan replied he heartily wished she would teach that art to the hussies at the lodge for he could never discover that the house was washed at all except now and then by breaking his shins over the pail cut tam the jods of lesser matters there is not occasion to speak much it may easily be believed that the duke's cheese was carefully made and so graciously accepted that the offering became annual remembrances and acknowledgments of past favours were sent to mrs bickerton and mrs glass and an amicable intercourse maintained from time to time with these two respectable and benevolent persons it is especially necessary to mention that in the course of five years mrs butler had three children two boys and a girl all stout healthy babes of grace fair-haired blue-eyed and strong-limbed the boys were named david and reuben an order of nomenclature which was much to the satisfaction of the old hero of the covenant and the girl by her mother's special desire was christened euphemia rather contrary to the wish both of her father and husband who nevertheless loved mrs butler too well and were too much indebted to her for their hours of happiness to withstand any request which she made with earnestness and as a gratification to herself but from some feeling 
i know not of what kind the child was never distinguished by the name of effie but by the abbreviation of femi which in scotland is equally commonly applied to persons called euphemia in this state of quiet and unostentatious enjoyment there were besides the ordinary rubs and ruffles which disturb even the most uniform life two things which particularly checkered mrs butler's happiness without these she said to our informer her life would have been but too happy and perhaps she added she had need of some crosses in this world to remind her that there was a better to come behind it the first of these related to certain polemical skirmishes betwixt her father and her husband which notwithstanding the mutual respect and affection they entertained for each other and their great love for her notwithstanding also their general agreement in strictness and even severity of presbyterian principle often threatened unpleasant weather between them david deans as our readers must be aware was sufficiently opinionative and intractable and having prevailed on himself to become a member of a kirk session under the established church he felt doubly obliged to events that in so doing he had not compromised any whit of his former professions either in practice or principle now mr butler doing all credit to his father-in-law's motives was frequently of opinion that it were better to drop out of memory points of division and separation and to act in the manner most likely to attract and unite all parties who were serious in religion moreover he was not pleased as a man and a scholar to be always dictated to by his unlettered father-in-law and as a clergyman he did not think it fit to seem for ever under the thumb of an elder of his own kirk session a proud but honest thought carried his opposition now and then a little farther than it would otherwise have gone my brethren he said will suppose i am flattering and conciliating the old man for the sake of his succession if i defer and give way to him on every occasion and besides there are many on which i neither can nor will conscientiously yield to his notions i cannot be persecuting old women for witches or ferreting out matter of scandal among the young ones which might otherwise have remained concealed from this difference of opinion it happened that in many cases of nicety such as in owning certain defections and failing to testify against certain backslidings of the time in not always severely tracing forth little matters of scandal and fama clamosa which david called a loosening of the reins of discipline and in failing to demand clear testimonies in other points of controversy which had as it were drifted to leeward 
with the change of times butler incurred the censure of his father-in-law and sometimes the disputes betwixt them became eager and almost unfriendly in all such cases mrs butler was a mediating spirit who endeavoured by the alkaline smoothness of her own disposition to neutralize the acidity of theological controversy to the complaints of both she lent an unprejudiced and attentive ear and sought always rather to excuse than absolutely to defend the other party she reminded her father that butler had not his experience of the old and rustling times when folk were gifted with a far look into eternity to make up for the oppressions whilk they suffered here below in time she freely allowed that many devout ministers and professors in times past had enjoyed downright revelation like the blessed peden and lundy and cameron and runwick and john caird the tinkler who entered into the secrets and elizabeth melville lady culross who prayed in her bed surrounded by a great many christians in a large room in whilk it was placed on purpose and that for three hours time with wonderful assistance and lady robertland whilk got six sure outgates of grace and many other in times past and of a specially mr john scrimgower minister of kinghorn who having a beloved child sick to death of the cruels was free to expostulate with his maker with such impatience of displeasure and complaining so bitterly that at length it was said unto him that he was heard for this time but that he was requested to use no such boldness in time coming so that when he returned he found the child sitting up in the bed hale and fair with all its wounds closed and supping its parritch whilk babe he had left at the time of death but though these things might be true in these needful times she contended that those ministers who had not seen such vouchsafed and especial mercies were to seek their rule in the records of ancient times and therefore reuben was careful both to search the scriptures and the books written by wise and good men of old and sometimes in this way it would happen that twa precious saints might put sundry wise like twa cows riving at the same hayband to this david used to reply with a sigh ah hinny thou canst little owit but that same john scrimgower that blew open the gates of heaven as an it had been with a sax-pond cannon-ball used devoutly to wish that most part of books were burnt except the bible reuben's a good lad and a kind i have aye allowed that but as to his not allowing inquiry anent the scandal of marjorie kittlesides and rory macrand under pretence that they have southered sin with marriage it's clear again the christian discipline of the kirk and then there's ailie mcclure of deephoe 
that practices her abominations spacing folks fortunes with eggshells and mutton banes and dreams and divinations whilk is a scandal to any christian land to suffer sick a wretch to live and i'll uphold that in all judicatures civil or ecclesiastical i dare say ye are very right father was the general style of jeanie's answer but ye maun come down to the man's to your dinner the day the bits of bairns poor things are wearying to see their lucky dad and reuben never sleeps well nor i neither when you and he have had any bit outcast no outcast jeanie god forbid i should cast out with thee or aught that is dear to thee and he put on his sunday's coat and came to the manse accordingly with her husband mrs butler had a more direct conciliatory process reuben had the utmost respect for the old man's motives and affection for his person as well as gratitude for his early friendship so that upon any such occasion of accidental irritation it was only necessary to remind him with delicacy of his father-in-law's age of his scanty education strong prejudices and family distresses the least of these considerations always inclined butler to measures of conciliation in so far as he could accede to them without compromising principle and thus our simple and unpretending heroine had the merit of those peacemakers to whom it is pronounced as a benediction that they shall inherit the earth the second crook in mrs butler's lot to use the language of her father was the distressing circumstance that she had never heard of her sister's safety or of the circumstances in which she found herself though betwixt four and five years had elapsed since they had parted on the beach of the island of rosineth frequent intercourse was not to be expected not to be desired perhaps in their relative situations but effie had promised that if she lived and prospered her sister should hear from her she must then be no more or sunk into some abyss of misery since she had never redeemed her pledge her silence seemed strange and portentous and wrung from jeanie who could never forget the early years of their intimacy the most painful anticipation concerning her fate at length however the veil was drawn aside one day as the captain of knockdunder had called in at the manse on his return from some business in the highland part of the parish and had been accommodated according to his special request with a mixture of milk brandy honey and water which he said mrs butler compounded potter than ever a woman in scotland for in all innocent matters she studied the taste of every one around her he said to butler pie the pie minister i have a letter here either for your canny potty of a wife or you which i got when i was last at glasgow the postage comes to four pence 
which you may either pay me forthwith or give me tubal or quits in a hit at packgammon the playing at backgammon and draughts had been a frequent amusement of mr whackburn butler's principal when at liberton school the minister therefore still piqued himself on his skill at both games and occasionally practised them as strictly canonical although david deans whose notions of every kind were more rigorous used to shake his head and groan grievously when he espied the tables lying in the parlour or the children playing with the dice-boxes or backgammon men indeed mrs butler was sometimes chidden for removing these implements of pastime into some closet or corner out of sight let them be where they are genie would butler say upon such occasions i am not conscious of following this or any other trifling relaxation to the interruption of my more serious studies and still more serious duties i will not therefore have it supposed that i am indulging by stealth and against my conscience in an amusement which using it so little as i do i may well practise openly and without any check of mind nil consir sibi genie that is my motto which signifies my love the honest and open confidence which a man ought to entertain when he is acting openly and without any sense of doing wrong such being butler's humour he accepted the captain's defiance to a twopenny hit at backgammon and handed the letter to his wife observing the postmark was york but if it came from her friend mrs bickerton she had considerably improved her handwriting which was uncommon at her years leaving the gentlemen to their game mrs butler went to order something for supper for captain duncan had proposed kindly to stay the night with them and then carelessly broke open her letter it was not from mrs bickerton and after glancing over the first few lines she soon found it necessary to retire to her own bedroom to read the document at leisure End of chapter twenty third